teachings that we can read and the sutras. And some of those are stories. And some of them are lists. Some of them are dialogues where people came and asked the Buddha things and he responded in various ways. And some of the teachings are in the form of drawing thoughts like this, or guided meditations. And then, of course, there's practice that you have to do. So, not just listening. And so, this isn't an enumeration of all the different kinds of teachings. There's some of the verses also, poetry, and it's But I think there's a certain skillfulness in the way um, there's a lot of different dynamics through which the teachings can come. And if you look at some of the later traditions, there were uh, even other innovations about how to get us to remember these things. Those who hadn't noticed the mind tends to forget teachings. We've heard it, and it goes in one year and out the other. And then later we come across it again. Maybe we're trying to remember it, but we can't. There are a lot of cases where people say to me a couple days after I bought something, they say, oh, I just bought your Valentine. And they say, oh, really, what did you remember? And they say, well, I don't remember what it was about, but I know that I bought it. <laughs> so <laughs> I don't know what that says. And, um, so what I'm leaning toward is that there's an interesting set of teachings in the Mahayana tradition, which comes later in the Theravada, uh, that are called, um, called Lojong, which means mind training. And the teaching comes in the form of slogans, or little catchphrases, essentially. And these are the equivalent of, some of us may have the idea of it, some of us may have the practice of putting sticky notes up around with um, you know, useful teaching because they become meaningful to us at a certain time. Um, sometimes something is striking and I say, I really need to remember that. And so I write it down and stick it on my hard dashboard or my computer or my refrigerator or something. Um, and I still do that. I still find it useful in my mind. And so these, um, somebody realized this is actually really good. Before there were sticky notes, there was low-drawn slogans. Um, these are from, I believe, I believe this up there. They were created around a thousand years ago, over a period of a few centuries, probably originally by Atisha, who also created the nine contemplations on death. So he was an important um, figure in the Buddhist teaching. And then, but then they were kind of formulated into these slogans by a teacher named um, Lama Chakawa Yeshe George. Know much about him other than this, but um, so there are 59 Lojong slogans. And I thought I would just share um, a few of them uh, this evening. And when I get to the evening, I just pulled out some of the things that to suggest that if this is something that you like, if you like sticking up practice, um, there's also been sticking on. Slogans, which are the time and um, some of them go pretty deep. And you know, like um, many teachings, they work on different levels. You know, you can read it and say, oh yeah, and it's about 
writings that you'll see of Empress Williams are um, interpreted for a particular time period. So whoever wrote this particular version that I am using today mapped the five forces of all dying onto the five stages that we go through and we find out that we're dying. And which, you know, namely denial, anger, bargaining, despair, and acceptance. We heard that the writer was very central to modern invention from the 20th century. And I know that now it's been very discredited and completely both of you guys are crying, etc. But those are, we can recognize those. In cases where we've had a big shift in our life, we tend to go through those. And so, interestingly, the, these five forces can be mapped onto them. And the way it's done is, you know, Briefly. Virtuous seeds to counteract denial. So how does that work? Well, when we're denying that something is true, we're pretty much saying that the, the future is not going to exist the way it really is going to exist. Right? We really are going to die, or something is going to change, or something has changed, and we're sure, but we're, we're not willing to see that. And so, um, when we're in a state like that, we don't, we don't consider that virtue would be important. We're not thinking about, okay, I'm planting seeds now because I want good things to come in the future. And denial actually helps us make us completely forget that karma operates and things really are going to unfold in a certain way. But we are looking at them to um, keep doing virtuous things and we are accepting that the future is going to be unfolding. So it counteracts the denial of our own death. Dedication to counteract anger. That's somewhat clear in that anger is uh, pushing away and the resistance, um, a non, a, a total non-acceptance of, um, of these things. And so dedication uh, is this, this act of keeping, um, coming back and using our life, continuing to use our life for benefit, even though, you know, we're angry about dying, so we're no longer no longer using the time that we have left to do something good. And a lot of people actually kind of come alive and find that they're dying and they do a wonderful last dance. But we don't do that when we're angry. So this is a um, dedication of merit, remembering what we're doing affects all beings. We don't want to be angry about our death. We keep doing good things. Regret to counteract bargaining. So bargaining do when we start saying, well, okay, maybe if I do this, I'll, I'll gain another six months, and maybe if I'm really super careful about this, it will somehow clear this thing that's incurable. And we have these kind of ideas that we can control something that we can't control. And so um, I have to think a little bit about mapping regret onto that. But a sense, um, I think, you can only bargain when you think you're in an advantageous position. You, know, you can only bargain when you think, I've got something. Um, this is, I, I can do this and I, I'm in a position of some power. Otherwise, why would you bargain? But regret reminds you that um, you have made mistakes in the past, but you know, that you're not perfect, you're not necessarily powerful. It's almost to kind of cut down on your ego, which is really what's doing it. And so, um, if we are really genuinely aware of the times when we let our ego uh, come to the fore, which is always why we come to the regret, because the ego is over, then um, I think we'll be less likely to 
also common to the cardinal disease. Then we get to despair, which is counteracted by the mental. With despair, we can stay in the moment and this at all. And it's just this moment, and the next moment, and the next moment. And so we just have the momentum of what we've done to carry us through times when the mind is healed and in a low state. And then acceptance, the time when we actually meet the fact that we're dying and that's still um, facilitated, no longer counteracted. Because that's what we want to get to. It's facilitated by training. So the training that we've done in all areas of our life serves in the moment when we are able to accept this substantial this outside of any area of our life that we've dealt with before. I don't know for sure, but I think that one can be experienced as none other than we have had. And so I need to have a real commitment that I'm really training absolutely anything. Good, bad, neutral, commonplace, very sublime, doesn't matter, it's all in the real thing. That will serve me in the moment when I get to be well, I mean, I'm not but it's going to be an area for training. So, this is how those five also now go into the process of dying. So, five forces while living, five forces while dying. Another slogan is someone I love with. Um, it's an interpretation. Abandoned poisonous food. I like that one. Um, of course, it's, I guess, literal. You really shouldn't eat things that are poisonous. But we've all made it this far, so I think we've done okay up to now. But, you know, of course, this is referring to the food that we put in the mind and the food of our body. And, you know, of course, maybe we can include the food for our body anyway. But it's definitely the food for our mind. And there are traps. Um, I don't know if the Mahayana recognizes these, but in the Theravada tradition, there's a, 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 the concept of nutrients, and, um, which I think is the map on the idea of food. It, it runs through all of these things. The idea that we feed on things. That's how we live. Our body feeds on physical food. That's clear enough. You don't have that in your way of living. But, you know, what's the mind feed on exactly? And it feeds on things like um, contact. So, for example, the thoughts that we have are mostly generated by the fact that we have experiences, seeing things, knowing, placing, touching, thinking, that generates material for the mind to keep going. And so uh, that's one of the things that we can um, There are other ones like intention, consciousness, I actually had the thought when I went into retreat that I was going to miss that, and that somehow this may be 
embarrassed and this is a big insight for me. But I realized that the world had just gone on for nine days without me knowing anything about it, and actually it was all fine. You know, the news was good, was bad, was whatever, it was you know, terrible and wonderful, but uh, I didn't think about it, actually. And so, it's interesting that right after that, I kind of walked into this and into the news for the um, But I discovered that it really wasn't necessary to Yeah, so it's worth spending a little time if you haven't ever done this, looking at the way it is that we put it in mind. Because some of it is external, like to it like reading the news, and some of it's internal, like the fact that we have an idea about something or we see somebody, and then, you know, we ruminate on that for five minutes, and, you know, we see somebody doing something on the sidewalk as we're driving by. And for the next eight minutes while we're driving, we think about, well, we shouldn't be doing that, and blah, 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 and so forth. Occurs, be patient. 
And we can get this with the unpleasant. Whatever it is, um, and it's really kind of shocking. 
looking to see where I'm going. Um, does do things like that. You really look people and other stuff. And, um, you know, not that these things are never come, not that we should dismiss any praise that we get. You can accept it graciously. But um, this, all of these slogans are intended to counteract habits of mind that are, that are undermined in our practice. So what we do is we read them through, we practice with them, and we start to get used to which slogans are relevant where, and then we start coming up at the right moment. So just at that moment when we start thinking, well, when, I, when I really mastered this, it comes up, oh, then we go to creation. Whichever of the two occurs, be patient, abandon any hope of fruition, and don't accept the form. Any thoughts on those? 32! Okay, the parts of the body. I thought you guys were going to I don't know. I'm getting I'm going to get myself in trouble. Okay, here we go. 32, don't wait and handle it. For that, that one refers to the way that we sometimes um, wait for the weaknesses of others to appear so that we can tap them. You know, it's like when you know that somebody has a tendency to do something other. And um, we actually think in our mind, oh, I'm going to watch their conduct, I'm going to watch their speech, and when we say that thing, I'm going to point out, oh, look at that. Or we, we're just waiting to point out the inconsistency. 
between somebody's argument because we know that it's going to be frivolous. I also, I have, for example, I have an uncle who um, has realized that I sometimes I have a little bit sloppy speech, so I sometimes say the word um, basically, a very common phrase, word in our society right now, to say, well, basically what I was doing was. And it, it's sort of a, just a nothing word that just means in essence, or, you know, I'm, I'm going to be a little bit lazy and just say it's generally this. So I, I use that word now and then in speech, and he happens not to like that word. So he waits an end of push for me to say that in a conversation with him, and he says, how was it when it wasn't, basically? Every time. So I have to be very careful. It's good. I keep it on my speech with my speech with him, not what to say right here. I probably said it tonight or something. So don't wait in English. Yeah. Okay, I'm going to put this food.
put them on any different ways. But yeah, there, there are meant to be some things for people who know something about what the practice is about and taking them on. I don't recommend bumper stickers for all of these. But you're right, they get on the emotional level. And they, they remind us to get back to the past, and they also challenge us in certain ways. Don't wait in ambush.
somebody wise to me actually that you were given this somewhat unwelcome teaching coming at you. And you you rolled it and took what you could from it and, and grew, as you said. Um, but actually we outgrow teaching. And at some point you realize that you won't think of any more from that particular teaching. And apparently your friend didn't adapt to the time of And so um, there came a point where that one was before you. It sounds, um, it sounds like it. It sounds like overall quite a kind of wise progression. But this, um, one thing that we see in these slogans is that they work in certain situations and not in others, or they're ones where we think we've got it, you know, it's like, oh, you know, I've seen that one a lot, it's really helping me at some point. It's either not helping or we see a deeper level of so the, the, the practice changes over time to pretty much what I'm thinking from what you're saying is that you know, it's changed and then the teaching is going to be different. So thank you for sharing that, by the way. Did that work for you or did you have another question? Thank you for listening. To learn how you can support the teachers and Dharma Seed, please visit dharmaseed.org slash donate.